0: I don't belong here The air is filled with fear and lies I don't get the jokes I've never been too wise The sun will start to rise I've been here forever and ever and ever and ever
1: Things up usually. I say, Hey, friends, right? No, <laughs> today it's enemies. Hello, enemies. Hello, enemies. Hello, my foes. <laughs> Big and small. Um, no, hi, friends. Uh, how are you doing today?
2: I'm all right.
1: It's
3: been, it's just, it's been a shitty day. Um, mm-hmm. no, it's, it, it, it's not here, entirely. Here. There's been just been elements of shittiness in it, and it's just maddening. And you know, I'm
1: I'm a little bummed out but
3: I, i'm just a little bit i'm happy to be with you guys you know yeah
1: scott i'm feeling similarly yeah uh, it's been a rough one but we're going to get through it together bud um buddy guy
2: i'm currently like in between shows we closed future tripping y'all mm-hmm. came it Great meant show. so much to early. have you there we had fun um Thank you again. Yeah. And then uh I'm starting like I literally have to come up with choreography for something else in the next week. Yes. And I'm start and then I've got three guys, one group on, of course. And then like two days after we rehearse I'm doing another script. I'm doing Natalie's workshop for There is Evil Break. in Natalie Nicole Dressel, yes. Yes, a... and I'm playing a completely different character that I'm really excited about. Very Which character
3: exciting. are you playing?
2: I'm playing the mom this time oh, around. Oh, rad. Okay, And I'm cool. ready. I'm ready. I'm ready. It's going to be well, hard, we'll but I'm ready.
3: I'm, I guess I'm technically, I, well, not I guess. I am technically producing that as well. <gasps> so I was setting up tickets today and sending emails and getting ready for it. I'm looking forward oh, to lovely. it. I should we should say yes, Bailey and I had a little bit of a mandate and uh <laughs> mandate of heaven, if Mandate. You will. Yeah, and then came to came to see Future Tripping uh that CJ produced. Lovely. It was this is a great. It was a great evening. It was. Um and I think you missed it CJ because you were in the box office. Bailey and I went to sit, take our seats and I got to watch Bailey meet Ryan Thomas Johnson for the first time. Ryan Thomas Johnson, our composer, and like you don't even put those things together, and I'm like, right? You two, you two have never actually met, have you? Yeah. Um, (laughs) Us mentioning Ryan every week. For composing our theme song and
1: our, I know singers. his work well. Yeah, it's, yeah, you it's know? crazy. It, that was, it was lovely really... of him
2: to come. Like, I saw him in the box office list like just a couple hours before the show, and I was like, "No shit, Ryan's and coming." Yeah, no, that's All Ryan. Right.
3: He comes to shit. He comes to see he's shit. A, you're a good
0: yeah. man, Ryan. He's a good
3: yeah. man. He's a good man. But that was it. An, was just he really makes cool great stingers. And, the and best he makes of the best stingers. <laughs> but yeah, he's just composed music for a film. He just uh you know scored a film and. He's got a bunch of stuff going on, working on a
1: band. Well deserved, well yeah. deserved. It was She's great cool to cool. meet him. It was super cool. Uh, the, the the creator of our theme song, No Less. Right. Uh, he's a great no dude. Less. We love... No Less. Yes. <laughs> uh, we love him deeply, and now I can actually say that because I've shook his hand and our DNAs have meshed, mingled, <laughs> created bacterias never been. And then we <laughs> watched a really cool play.
3: And so we watched a really, watched cool, a really play. cool play. And Colin you know?
1: Wilkie was there, and the four of us Colin just sat Wilkie up top was and watched, there. and we had a oh great time. Oh, my God.
3: It was, it was great. We were it in... was
1: good times. I like intimate theater. Shout out to uh, Heather Schmidt, who I already reached out to, and I was like, yo, we got to work together someday. She's a very talented actress. Uh, it was a very fun show. Thank yeah. you, CJ, for right bringing here. us in. Thanks yeah. for
2: coming. It meant a lot to see friendly faces.
3: Of course. It, we you
1: know, literally...
3: There was no option, we had to see it like it was completely obligatory. You did, force if we us, had, it had not up. gone, if we had just blown it off, <laughs> then, we would have the we fa- then we would have gotten the face that we're seeing right now. No, of course, we were going to come, of course, we're going to support your work, of course,
1: we're going to back because <laughs> we are huge, huge theater lovers and theater nerds. Nerds, yes, and uh. It's a great segue because uh <laughs> great that's what this podcast is all about welcome to theater theater the theater podcast for theater nerds made by three theater makers from the la theater scene i'm jay bailey bertram i'm cj merriman and i'm scott leggett Cheers to you all, and each week, <laughs> we get together to discuss, debate, and disseminate the evolutions of the great playwrights by taking a girthy look at three of their plays. I beat Amy. you to the You do pain. it. You, oh, I thought we had
3: a new bit, uh, bit going. Amy.
1: Nah, we take a macro look. We do it hard. We take a macro <laughs> look at three of their plays, and this is part three. That's right. It's the end. Three of three of our miniseries covering the works of Edward Albee. I'm going to miss him. I really am. I am, That's right. it's fun. It's the pod, or who is SilvaCast? (laughs) It's
2: good, really good.
1: And we'll have an answer to that today. We'll know who SilvaCast is. Uh Well, they kind of answer it
2: in the title.
1: That's true. (laughs) Who is SilvaCast? The pod. (laughs) The pod. (laughs) Uh, Okay, that was funny. (laughs) (laughs)
3: I'm so slow right now. Mm. Uh, uh, slow, sloth me too. I've been up since 5
2: a.m. 5 oh, a.m.? Yeah, I just can't oh. sleep. I got weird insomnia balls You've been Yeah, you've on. been
3: dealing with your weird insomnias.
2: It's all good. I just get up and redoon or I get on my elliptical.
1: I can
2: <laughs> Get some steps in.
1: Do you ever read Dune on the elliptical?
2: It's hard. I can read when it's on my laptop sure. while on my elliptical, but holding sure. a book it just bounces up and down. It's
1: a bouncy book. Yeah. I can't, <laughs> I can't
3: I can't I can't read while working out. I can listen to podcasts and music. Oh. So I do I do that generally. Generally. No, I'm, generally, generally. You
2: got really Tennessee Williams there for a I second.
3: I did a little bit. <laughs> um I was I was uh I was tempted back this week. Tempted back to the South and I'm like Nope. Nope. <laughs> like no matter what cool little bastion there is, and there's always cool bastions in the South. There's Hell yeah. Austin in Texas, there's New Orleans and Louisiana. There's Atlanta. There's Atlanta, but no matter what you say or do, it's still the South. <laughs> and it's its own thing. And I'm not disparaging it. Well, <laughs> Maybe Just not for
2: you, maybe.
3: right. no, it's it's not for me and it's it's a distinctive vibe and and I enjoy visiting, but I don't want to live there.
1: My parents are moving back to Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Oh, Oof.
3: Alabama,
2: that's
3: that's, that's within driving range of my parents' house. So maybe we do a yeah. road trip. There
1: you go. We'll do We'll crash at each hours. other's
3: places. Yeah, and... that sounds, good.
1: <laughs> well, it sounds like going... an Edward Albee play waiting to happen. So an Edward trip. Albee play. It's, I'm going we'll... back to
2: Michigan in like two weeks for Oof. a long weekend. And Oof. that is going to be something. Let Michigan me tell
3: you. Michigan can suck it. I'm sorry. Wow. It's because of my collegial collegiate.
1: I'm no, just praying for a thunderstorm,
2: and I'm going to sleep the whole time. That's all. Right.
1: <laughs> Thunderstorms <That's laughs> have been happening in L.A. recently. Talk I about... did see I one know.
2: flash of lightning yesterday. It was that exciting. Was,
3: it was quite fun. It panicking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It was our last gasp of sort of winter, as wintry as it gets here. But it was cold and rainy, and within two weeks, it's going
1: to be... You
3: know, 95, 95 degrees.
1: <laughs> Speaking of L.A., I'm really excited. Like I obviously we're covering fringe, but I'm really excited to do way more theater spotlights in L.A. coming. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Like I just feel like theater is starting to really kick into gear. People are starting to produce. It's 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 happening. You know, we've had some more spotlights recently that aren't Zoom plays, you know, Not, and some Zoom theaters still happening. I've noticed, which is Hell interesting. Yeah. But we're we're I, I'm excited to just like see as much as possible at this point. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're someone who's listening and you have a show coming up, like let us know. We'll come see it. We'll review it. If we have the ability, we'll make it happen. And uh, we will we, we'll be honest as well.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wish y'all honest. could see Bailey's face <laughs> right now. <laughs> He's looking very sincere. Very, <laughs> and, <mani-ca>. and maniacal. <laughs> uh,
1: very excited and to see elitist. you. Okay. a little elitist. A little elitist. Well, I'm only listen, a little pretentious.
2: We are coastal elites.
1: That's right. Oh, like motherfuckers. were really good at it, too. <laughs> coastal elites can be poor, right?
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. And oh, yes, yeah. I'm oh totally yeah. We're like even more elite, elite because we're poor. You're right. right. <laughs> Absolutely true. Um. Okay, so do we want to talk about this play? Should we do it? Let's do it. Oh, my
3: God. Let's Which do one one it.
1: Which one are we doing first?
3: I thought we were doing Gute.
1: And then I want to do circle Gute back. because we'll go well, okay. back to the other one because it's later in his career. It's, two, you know, whatever. Whatever. Okay. 2007. So... Uh, this cool. is a a nice full length play here. Uh, it's uh, came out in two thousand, turn of the Cinch.
3: Y two K. Y
1: two K. Pre nine eleven. That's
2: always Whoa. something that
3: pre nine eleven. I That's mean, always, it... it's it is a really important benchmark. It really is. Like <laughs> I mean, true. the world.
2: It's like history or something.
3: It's like something <laughs> happened and no. it was interesting. It's...
1: <laughs> it is interesting that he wrote it in 2000 it premieres on broadway in 2002 mm-hmm. yeah. and, and then i it wins saw it, it in total?
2: 2003 oh really that's when it was at the rep i thought very cool i was talking to someone about you know how i told you that cool off-ramp series that i saw was the bug the goat and take me out all in yeah. the same season yeah, that's so yeah. Cool. it was spread out over a couple seasons my i am misremembering i it's saw the crazy how liar. your brain
3: crazy yeah, how your it was brain was while her. i
2: was in college uh, and it was at lie. that location Fine. but they were
3: just <laughs> well, it was like the it was like last week when we talked shit. about eddie izzard and i'm like that's i've been in hollywood for a while i've had some crazy cool encounters with some some pretty amazing celebrities but that's pretty high up there Fucking eddie izzard that's hip and i'm like i always forget i'm like wow you had a cigarette with eddie izzard Here's it's like hip. oh yeah i did this so, yeah that's I, am, cool. I am cool, CG. You are cool. You
2: are. You are. You're cool. Well, you're cool. We're
3: all cool here. Now <laughs> I feel like you're patronizing me.
2: No. No.
3: no. Sometimes. <laughs> no. Your, Scott. Face, your face was so awesome just now. Hey, Scott. Oh. Yeah.
1: I'd patronize your store any day. Whoa.
3: Are you coming on me? Yeah. Coming on to C- me?
1: On two. <laughs> on two. Don't. <No. sighs> Come on. This is a family podcast. Okay, is it? no, it <laughs> so never has been. That's a lie. <laughs> this play that we're covering, this is—it's the namesake Ooh. of our of our mini series, "The Goat" or "Who Is Sylvia." Uh, <laughs> <this> is, <laughs> okay, now before, we, okay, I, I, okay, it wins the 2002 Tony Award for Best Play. It wins the 2002 Drama Desk Award for Outstanding Play, and it's a finalist at the 2003 Pulitzer Prize. For drama okay Mm -hmm. so this right away gets a huge buzz not only about the fact that it's won these awards but of the content now the way i was introduced to this (laughs) was was just through lore right like you get i got to college and people were like have you heard of this play do you know about this play? It's <laughs> crazy. I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know about this play. They're like, you have to read this play. And you're like, okay, fine. So this was like an early Albie read for me, but I, I think we should tell everyone what it's about. Yeah, but I, I don't know if they're ready.
3: <laughs> they're ready. Um, you're ready. It, they're 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 so unready, and that CJ <laughs> is having what? her.
1: I don't think they're ready for this jelly. Breakdown.
2: 50-something Martin lives a seemingly idyllic life with an award-winning career as an architect, upper-middle-class home, happy marriage with Stevie and a son, Billy, who they send to private school. Mm. Needless to say, things start to unravel when he confides in his pal, pal, Ross, that he is having an affair, dot, 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 with a goat.
3: <laughs> with <laughs> Sylvia. <laughs> Well, I mean, was so that weird. was the thing is that it it's kind of brilliant in in a lot of ways. Just the idea of it, because how I was introduced to it, what I was told was, I remember watching like some cheesy entertainment e channel, you know, news like Hollywood, you know, Broadway is freaking out over, the, you know, uh, bestiality on Broadway, and it's like. Right then once you because i immediately as soon as i could read it i went and read it and was like this isn't about bestiality at all it's this shocking thing that reverberates underneath it that keeps giving it this energy to talk about what edward Albee's talking about at this point which is what are the this is my interpretation and just some of the stuff that i've read what are the what are the extremes of love? What are the tolerances of love? What are the tolerances of society? What's taboo? What can go too far? And then we add. Then he adds a whole nother layer. We start with bestiality. We get a little dose of incest in there a, as well at some point. And so it just becomes this really fascinating. Th- and it's and what's so interesting about it is that it's funny. And even after you find out what the the hook is, it's still funny for a little bit. Like, and then, then it goes on, especially in that second scene, which is so powerful. I'm rambling, please.
1: No, but absolutely. You're absolutely right. And I think something in the comedy part of this is something exciting about the comedy of all of this is that this is the first of his plays that I've read anyway, where he's starting to tap into some of the Ionesco wordplay, grammar play, pun. Mm
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like
1: kind of some of that is there all of a sudden that I haven't really felt before. I mean, he he does, I mean, he has characters play with things, but he not in this way. Right. Yet. He's always right.
3: used uh, all through his career, he's well, early on he's, he uses it a lot. But his absurdism and his specific albee absurdism, which I yeah. think is different. You know, I think people want to keep putting that on him, you know, sure. he's an American absurdist. But he always uses it as a spice. Sure. You know, maybe a little bit more in the original uh, at the zoo. It's it's a little bit more absurd. But he always sort of dashes it throughout his work. And in this one, he leans on it as the major base of the recipe. And then then just it's like a boxer, just like just Getting an opponent in the corner over and over again, and just body punch, body punch, body punch, body punch, face, 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 like.
1: And I don't mean to say like that he's playing with grammar in the way of like absurdity either, like in that way, right? Like the Ionesco way, where it's like repetition and things like that. These these characters are very aware of these games that they're playing with language. I think that's mm-hmm. not something that we've really seen before. It's, it's human again. I brought this up last episode. His comedy is coming from a naturalistic human place even when it's completely absurd. Mm-hmm.
2: I I found myself reading this and first of all, I will say it reminds me when I saw the birthday party in that I still remember moments from this play and I saw it almost 20 years ago. I still remember the way people said lines Mm. in this play. And I saw it once. I imagine it had to be
3: really visceral. Yeah.
2: It was, and like I said, it was it was these two beloved St. Louis rep actors, and I looked it up, and it was Anderson Matthews and Carolyn Swift, and then it was my teacher. But then the son was also played by a guy that was a senior in conservatory too. The rep mm. would do that every once in a while, where they'd have Ooh. younger roles, and they would audition conservatory kids for it. Sure. That's cool. His name's Clint yeah. Zugel. He's in New York right now. Um, but yeah, shout out,
1: I... shout out to Clint. <laughs>
2: Clint Zugle. Oh, Clint Ziegel. He That's was two cool years name. ahead of me. Yeah, I'll never um, forget
3: the name Clint Zugel.
2: It's a very good name. Great. Let's call um, him.
1: Let's let's interview
2: him. Let's call uh, him.
3: Call him right now. You call got him right on your phone. Actually, <laughs>
2: no. It I wasn't important. cool let's enough to be on. his friend in conservatory. Oh. Um, and I say that on me that I wasn't cool, not on him being mean. Anyway, I, the story. other thing I will say to re- <laughs> <laughs> go fuck yourself. You know what? I quit.
3: Me too. Um, She dramatically dramatically rips off her headset.
2: Um, The other thing I'll say while reading this. She's
3: coming at me. (laughs) You guys can't see any of this.
2: While reading this, um, I'm, I'm just going to give it away now. Stevie is definitely one of my dream roles. And it's one For of those sure. scripts where it's so good. And what you said, Bailey, it's so human that I was just like, I just want, I want to just read these lines out, out exactly. loud right now. Cause they're so good. And yeah. then just the direction he's doing of, of the scene where she and Martin are fighting and she's, she's throwing stuff. She's dropping stuff. Like it's, Hilarious, and I remembered it being hilarious live as well.
3: Mm, mm, yeah.
2: But they're having a fight about him fucking around on her with the goat.
3: With the goat
2: that he's in love with.
3: Well, and 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 <sighs> so that's the thing is that as it's starting, and as I did this reread, and I hadn't read it probably since I think I probably read it in two thousand five or so, but I hadn't read it since then. I just knew what it was about, and in this read, how. Again, it starts out and it's almost a sketch setup. What if somebody? What if? What if? Dad came home one day and said that he was having an affair with a goat. You know, insert comedy here or weirdness here. But th- the way that it, I won't say devolves because I don't think it does. But the way it segues into really deep, heavy, really personal shit. Like that's the one thing is like Albie, you know has had these cathartic, deep existential fights with lovers or with significant partners. I mean, he was married or at least had a partner for what, 20, 20 plus years I forget his name now, the, the sculptor. but anyway, oh, right. but you, the, there's that, there's that real, the real element too, where it's like, I'm going to punch you in the balls, and I know exactly where to punch you, that I just loved. Just mm-hmm. fucking knocked me out.
1: I love you guys. <laughs> uh the name of the play is interesting to me. Who is Sylvia is from the two gentlemen of Verona. It's oh, that's right, right. A that's song, right. That's right. right. I believe. So it's I'm reading this, so this is not from my brain, but Proteus sings this song trying to woo Sylvia, and it's just called Who is Sylvia? But her Sylvia I believe is S I L V I A. Oh. And this is S Y. Well, in old
3: English, Y's, Y's and I's are in interchangeable. Yeah, all
1: right. All right. Uh but it's uh an earlier work of Albi that we discussed in 1982 Finding the Sun. Uh he he references this song a few times apparently as well. Mm. I oh. read it. But that's kind of interesting. So he must like it. But it's also funny to like this reference to a song from Shakespeare, but then also another play of his, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, Mm -hmm. is that song, uh, Who's Afraid of the Big Bad Wolf, Big Bad Wolf, or, you know, whatever it is, (laughs) uh, added with Virginia Woolf. And that's the punchline, right? That's the joke. Um, And I, I... I don't know. Maybe this is less interesting than I think it is, but I no, for no, some reason the choice to do this. is Yeah, maybe it's very American. It's pop culturey. It's it's poppy. It's warhol like to be sub, like it's like sub pop culture, referential. Because now we're like reference culture max, ultra uber, mm-hmm. and I feel like America has always kind of had a little bit of that.
2: It's sure. it's definitely a good title. It's. It's it's a great title. Um, (laughs) I have things to say, but it's once we actually get into the play.
3: (laughs) no go for it. Um, We're into it. Yeah, we're in it. We're in it.
2: Like the first moment. I mean, when I went and saw the play originally, I knew nothing about it at all, which is definitely a way to see this play, which makes it fun. And I've kind of been into seeing plays and movies that way lately, anyway. But this time around, reading it and knowing when what happens literally we're 10 pages in and she notices a smell on him (laughs) and i was like oh my god oh my god here it goes like he i i i didn't remember there being this hint at the beginning and then him just straight saying out front i'm having an affair with a goat her name is sylvia
3: (laughs) yeah like
2: and that's like 15 pages in and i'm like what And
3: and well and then her reaction to that you told me you said it to me. You looked me in the eye this morning and you said it to me. And it was so crazy that I just had to laugh, that it was a joke.
2: Um, yes. And
3: <laughs>
2: another big point I want to make is Martin keeps talking about the thing that he's most in love with with Sylvia are her eyes. Have any? Has anyone ever looked at a goat eye? Like, everyone has goat eyes. They're now.
3: crazy. Yeah. It's They're almost like a bird eye. They're
2: fucking eyes.
3: They're bird eyes. Like, it's, it's like insane. It's like the most terrifying moment in The Witch, that movie, The Witch. Yeah. It's those close ups of the, of the goat. And you're just like, what? It's, it's madness. It's madness yeah. in those eyes.
1: That goat has a name, and I'm trying to remember what it is. It's like. It does have a name. I can't
3: remember. Black Gary or something. I've some only watched shit. it
1: twice. <laughs> <laughs> I do like yeah, that I'm film a
3: lot.
2: Um, I also loved the little. I usually when authors or playwrights reference themselves, it makes me roll my eyes. But they had that whole exchange Black between Black
1: Phillip. Black Phillip. Oh, that's right. That's, that's right. Yeah, I actually Black have Phillip. seen
2: that scary movie. Um, but when was it he, scary? for me, it was. Okay. I'm a wimp at shit like that. Okay. Um, the scene between Martin and Ross where Martin has confessed to Ross that he's having an affair, but they keep talking about like, he says, well, he's always been faithful to Stevie. And then they're talking about the old days and they're talking about when they brought women back to their room and Martin's gal's name was large Alice.
3: Yes. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh, Albie,
2: you think you're so clever.
3: (laughs) But yeah. And then there's, you know, there's, there's that line that's that stevie has you know uh was you know i'm sure I, i'm sure being with you with you men is 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 a blast or something like that like you know it's it's cynical but yeah it's um and and then we have to talk about and we haven't talked about it a lot his homosexuality albie's homosexuality and how it informs everything certainly it definitely it
2: informs zoo story
3: and and three mm-hmm. tall women. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the, his view of her is, you know, through a lens of being rejected because of who he fundamentally was mm-hmm. um, and that struggle. And in here, I think he he's he's I think it, you can feel that it's something that is obviously weighed on him. You know, 2000, we still don't have marriage, marriage between same-sex couples still isn't legal when he writes this. Right. right. We're a few years away. And, you know, the the idea that he's that he's questioning what is taboo, that he's questioning what is acceptable in normal society and right. the the shadow that has loomed over him the majority of his life for being gay, uh, I imagine it was really fed into what, what he was doing. And a lot of the anger, there's a lot of anger in, in all of his writing, but you could feel it in here as well. There's a lot of love being expressed, but I think there's a lot of anger as well.
2: I saw Albie a lot in the sun, to be honest, where like, you know, Albie talks about he was he was experiencing that part of himself early, very like at 12 or 13. Mm. Um, And the son is comfortable about being out, but then you have the parent figures that they really don't like it at all and hope (laughs) he'll just grow out of it. So like, I thought that was interesting. The son reminded me of him Mm -hmm. quite a bit.
1: Uh, That actually is a good lead into this question I had. Did y'all see the subtitle to the play? (laughs) Yes. Let's talk about that for a second. Oh, yeah.
3: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The
1: subtitle to this play is, so it's Edward Albee's The Goat. Or who is Sylvia? And then in parentheses, notes toward a definition of tragedy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, mm-hmm. something I found that is interesting <laughs> is that the original Greek definition of the word tragedy is goat song. <laughs> mm. What? And this play maintains Aristotle's like poetics six elements of tragedy and three unities (gasps) and it's basically like following greek tragedy to a t Uh in the way that it's formatted and like set up and it's playing with the dionysian bestiality thing as well there right and so uh and they even literally reference the um the orestia play the uh
3: Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. He said, oh, maybe there's a flapping of wings. And he goes, there's probably just the humanities. What? Yeah. <laughs> they move yeah, on? Right.
3: They
2: move. <laughs> I love it that Albie was a theater nerd, too. That's- he was no, a total yeah. theater nerd! <laughs> and, well,
3: and, and, and a philosophy nerd, too, because then you get into these sort of layers of philosophical discussion. So Ross's relaying of the, of, of the truth to Stevie... So we should say, and if you haven't read the play, well, you're lost now. What are you listening uh, to this for? Right. Why are you here? Um, but so,
1: <laughs> no, it's fine. You learned something. So, so Martin
3: confesses the affair to Ross, their best friend, the couple's best friend, and his best friend, and then Ross feels compelled to write the letter to Stevie, the wife, to go, your husband's fucking a goat, and there's there's kind of. Um, this 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 sort of what is the truth fundamentally uh an objective good is truth good and if he doesn't say anything then what happens does martin ever confess does it just go on um what happens if that doesn't happen like because it kind of goes by like you don't really Think about it in those terms until until you sort of dive into it. But this is all based on Ross going, holy shit. And why does he write a letter? Why is it in script? Why doesn't he call her and just tell her? Um, all these things are like just sort of interesting levels that that Albie adds to it that become these slightly absurdist things. Are... <laughs> I'm thinking saying... about
2: the letter. I'm like, I don't know. It's kind of like why I ha- like to have hard conv- conversations by email. Cause I can type it and read it. <laughs> right. Say the right thing. But yeah, I may, I'm trying to make up too many excuses.
1: I literally dealt with that today, CJ, where I knew I could have a conversation in person, but I was like, I need to really measure what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, yeah, sometimes, sometimes you're like you worked are. up and it's yeah. not a good idea. Correct.
2: Um, uh, yeah, I I will say. Um, I will say it too. uh I'm you. gonna say it, but I will say, I'm gonna I'm say it, gonna say say it right now.
1: I'm gonna say
2: it too. Um, if my significant other was fucking a goat, goodness, fucking goat. I would want to know. <laughs> I would want to know too. <laughs> I would like to know for sure. like health reasons, for like just for
3: just moral for reasons,
1: like, for like.
3: You have a venereal disease that we can only yeah. attribute to livestock.
1: I yeah. mean, listen. <laughs>
2: oh, I could get really graphic, but I'm not going to. Never mind. No, no. Please,
1: mean, we do it
3: all do the time. we it.
2: It's bad it. enough sleeping with someone who's uncircumcised. I don't want hey. to sleep with someone who's... I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying it's bad. It just takes extra work. That's what I'm saying. Here's the
1: thing. All right?
2: <laughs> I'm not saying it's bad. Here's
1: the thing.
2: But
3: Tell me. Here's the thing
1: watch a youtube Please video cut this out. watch a youtube video i'm just kidding i a, don't even a youtube
3: video about circumcision or about
1: I'm, circumcision. i don't want to circumcise i don't even know what i'm talking about i'm circumcised i, I remember don't, 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 don't. Okay, every so moment you. of my circumcision <laughs> i do did that freak you guys out yeah i me remember like every i remember i
3: remember every moment of my circumcision yeah. did you
2: get it done last year or something yeah.
3: no when i was yeah, but a but a week old <laughs> <laughs> but i recall yeah. it as a matter of fact it triggered my memory so i have memory from that point on that's my first being original memory
1: born and then how much after uh, i remember some... being in utero yeah same um i leave it all in triple it here are some things you know, i wish jokes. we could
3: just put it on cj's face right now real it's,
1: quick real quick just, uh... Here are some famous goats. Um, <laughs> have you ever seen the movie Drag Me to Hell? Drag Me no. to Hell. No, it's a Sam Raimi horror flick. It's actually oh, yes. like his yeah, yeah, last yeah, yeah, major yeah. picture. Yes, yes. And except for uh, now, it's been like ten years since that movie, and now he's finally got. And that of movie Madness was
3: supposed out. to be his sort of comeback. It was supposed to be to his comeback and, and low budget horror, and it kind of went away.
1: Kind of went away. It's fantastic. It's really fun and weird and silly, and there is absolutely a goat that gets possessed, and it's amazing. Um, So Lamia is the goat in Drag Me to Hell. We love Lamia. Um,
2: There's the goat in that Adam Sandler song. Which one? Which one? Isn't there an Adam Sandler song about a fucking goat? I never listened to that goat? shit. It was like teenage boy music when I was a teenager. It's
3: teenage boy music. No, it <laughs> was. Hang on. Okay.
2: I'm looking up the Adam Sandler thing. Bailey, you keep going.
1: Great. Vincent Van Goat. Anyone? From what? From I don't know. What? I actually don't know what that's from.
3: Vincent Van Goat. That's cool.
1: Yeah. It, it looks like it's from some puppet show, but it doesn't say what. Uh, there was a goat on Between the Lions. Anyone ever watch Between the...
2: No. The Lions.
1: <laughs> uh gertie the goat gobo the goat gompers from gravity falls anyone watch gravity falls (laughs) no uh pig goat banana cricket
3: okay (laughs) i think you're just saying words now i don't believe no i'm reading them germer
1: the goat uh snow white has a goat apparently
3: in the original Grimm's tale, in the
1: Disney movie, there is apparently a goat that she interacts with at some point. Mm. Uh, Lassie, there's a goat in Lassie, or maybe Lassie is the goat. Hold on, <laughs> Lassie. No, a Lassie dog. is a character from Sesame Street and a goat. Oh, and the episode that Lassie was on was called "What's the Name of That Song." <gasps> <gasps> Whoa.
3: CJ, did you find out what the name of the song was? It's literally called The Goat
2: Song, and it is about a goat tied up in the back of a pickup truck that an old guy beats all the time okay that's horrifying i don't know
1: anything about that but let's talk about the fact that (laughs) the name of the episode that the goat appeared on of sesame street was called what is the name of that song while we were waiting for cj to find the name of a song while also who is sylvia is the name of a song it's also a question asking about a goat circles on circles everybody fibonacci sequences (laughs) It's all yep. one thing.
2: There's even yeah. a music video for this goat song thing. I'm not going to watch it. We should fuck probably it
1: put it on right now and do a <laughs> reaction.
2: <laughs> it looks like it's a million good. verses, so like it could be really long.
1: Guys, this play premiered on Broadway at the John Golden Theater in 2002, and it closed December 2002, so it only ran from March to December. Huh. 309 performances... Uh, that's pretty solid. 23 previews. David Esbjornson directed. Uh, and it had Mercedes Rule, who mm-hmm. we love deeply. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite actresses. Jeffrey Carlson, Stephen Rowe. And Bill Pullman, Pullman. as oh, Martin.
2: Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. My guy.
3: Well, and as I read it, I'm like, this is perfect casting for both of these roles. Yes. And... I'm wondering if how mu- if he wrote any of it for either of the actors. I can imagine sec- sections of it were written for Mercedes Rule. Like there's just her comedy is like infused into the dialogue. It's yeah. really fucking cool.
1: I wish Pullman's career had done more things. And like especially baseballs. Like, I know, but it's sort of that's that's what I mean is like he Independence has Day! Come on. Uh... Okay, but that's kind of the end of it, right?
3: Nah, he had all. He was in a whole bunch of stuff. I no. mean, he has a better My point career is, than I've later
1: in his life, y'all. I'm not saying he didn't have a good career early on. I'm saying Spaceballs, and then he does. He's like the 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 other guy in Sleepless in Seattle. He's like the the oh, boring. The trade he is yeah, boring. Yeah. fiancé in Sleepless in Seattle. He's he's in While You Were Sleeping with Sandra Bullock, uh, and then he does Casper independence day he does that freaking lynch movie casper's a great oh movie. lost highway i love C- casper deeply he's fantastic in that and i was like that's why i was a big pullman fan he does lost highway uh and then he's in like lake placid which is oh, and then cool. it's like that's it's a cool fine. little flick and then, like, movie. but then like what else has he done like what was the last thing theater that he he's did? been doing theater
3: well that's independence
1: good. day too boring <laughs> Stupid, boring, bad. Well,
3: (laughs) you weren't in it.
1: You're right. He was in that 2004 (laughs) um, grudge. Oh, Jesus. He was in... um, I'm trying to think. of. There's, like, bigger stuff he was in. Well, he's in, like, American Ultra in 2015, which got some love because it had Jesse Eisenberg. Uh, Yeah, Independence Day Resurgence. Jesus. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. the equalizer two great good job I'm he's sure in dark he waters he's in dark waters yeah he's done some tv he was on halston he was on the center oh i forgot he did the center he's had a little career my point is he should do more in 2009, he did oleana uh oh, in right. 2019 he did all my sons at the old vic that's pretty all cool. right all right as joe keller that's pretty rad actually uh okay we love bill pullman there was also a production, the European premiere at the Vienna's English Theater uh, had Lawrence Lau and uh, Jurian Hughes. Um, and then it, uh, oh, there was a UK run in 2004 starring Jonathan Price, <gasps> Kate wow. Fey and Eddie Redmayne as Billy.
2: <laughs>
0: so he was
1: young. He was <laughs> really like 16 or something like that. I yeah. got
2: problems with Eddie Redmayne.
1: Yeah, we all do. Fuck Eddie Redmayne. No, that's not true. A lot of people Redmayne. love Eddie Redmayne.
3: Redmayne.
1: <laughs> I have never seen a performance of his where I walked away and was like, hell yeah. Like, I think he's all right in Les Mis. I don't think he's great in anything else.
3: Um, the only thing I really like him in is my weekend with Maryland, with Maryland, where he plays the. Oh sure, uh, I think that, that's a really well done film, and. But
1: he's not the lead, thank God. No, he's <laughs> not.
3: I'm just saying that's what I like. That's the movie that I like him in the most because I, yeah. I believe him the most.
1: Also, he's in that third. Fantastic Beasts, right? He's like the lead of those movies. He's yeah. in all of
3: them. But the it's... first two are
1: so boring. I just rewatched them and I was like, trying so hard. Are you so rewatching them so we can
3: get ready for our, our our viewing party of the third one?
1: We should, yeah.
3: <laughs> what <With> the worst <laughs> we're gonna do is take some gummies and go to a movie and eat popcorn and watch. I a mean, movie. it sounds
1: great. So a uh, uh, new production uh, on the West End in 2017. Oh yeah, who
3: was in that?
1: That was, it was directed by Ian Rickson and it had Damien Lewis. Interesting. That's
3: right. That's right. I did read uh, about
1: this. Who I guess most people would know from uh, Homeland?
3: Mm. Homeland, Maybe? yeah, yeah. i trying mean, to think he's of been, movies he's, he's done more recently. He's Helen McCrory's widower. Um, he was made sure. McCroy for a long time. But, he's no, he billions. was on Billions. He was in uh, Band of Brothers. Sure. He was in... Um, he played Steve McQueen in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's worked for... I mean, he's been around... He's had like two or three TV series. So.
1: Anyway, it had uh, Jason Hughes, Sophie Okonedo, and uh, seemed to uh, do well. By the way, this lost the Pulitzer Prize to Anna in the Tropics, which is an awesome play that is mm. being done right now at A Noise Within yes no which highly recommend they're also
2: going to do metamorphosis which i might
3: have to which we're they worst are going to have to take gummies and go and eat
1: popcorn <laughs> agreed and watch. uh uh shout out to uh roth good friend of the uh uh of the of me not of the pot <laughs> but he he's a uh he's a one of our uh box office associates at the playhouse and he performs all over town um because it's a good gig for him to have, like, as a side job, work in our box office. So he performs at Noise Within a lot. And I think he's worked with you, Scott. He said he knows you. Um, Raphael. We'll talk oh, yeah. He thing.
3: was in um, uh, Do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep. Yes. Which, I think oh, he brought that Oh, yeah. Up. I yes. remember him. And um, then he was around at the Playhouse when. You um,
1: did something And I did Stoneface. So yeah, yeah. He's been around the Playhouse for a long time. Marvelous man. actor.
3: Marvelous. Fantastic
1: actor. actor. And he does almost everything at, at uh, Noise Within, but he was uh i don't remember who he's playing in it but he's very excited about his role and he was talking to me today about all of the insane union rules equity rules that come with the pool oh yeah like the temperature has to be a certain way the 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 way that you uh clean it has to be a certain way. it sounds great
2: i worked backstage and run crew for that show when it was at the rep my senior year yeah and yeah, we had it was like 2 hours before and 2 hours after the show, just cleaning the pool, setting up the heater. That's crazy. All that shit. And then it sprung a leak halfway through the run and leaked into the black box theater in the basement, like it was all kinds of crazy shit. That's nuts. But it's a cool show.
1: Woof. Uh all right, what else y'all? Y'all y'all got anything else? This this play is great. I think everyone should check it out. I know it's 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 weird material, and I know most people have kind of heard the whisperings. I don't think you really understand why it's such a good play until you read it, though. Yeah. Um, I've never seen it, but I have a story. When I was wow. going to Wichita State University, the first semester that I was there, I wasn't able to audition for anything because I had just I had decided pretty late to, to transfer. And when I got there, they had already set the season, so I was like, great. And I helped out and did whatever I could, but they were doing the GOAT. And I won't say any names, I won't say anything about it because I don't, you know, I'm sure people listen to this podcast, but this is the thing. It was Wichita State. You can, if you know, then you know. uh, The woman who was directing it was somebody who I considered, I don't want to speak for anyone else, to be a complete loon. And this person (laughs) um, (laughs) uh, uh, wrote, like, uh, it doesn't matter. Okay, This this person wrote their dissertation on like to become a doctor on uh how psychedelics work on the minds of actors so an interesting person well, i
3: want to take that workshop though uh, <laughs> nah, it's, it's yeah like if i want to be a workshop pig, let's do acid and mushrooms and x and see what happens when i do this sure when i do this edward Albee play and so
1: i was like excited to work with this person turns out not i, I shouldn't have been so that, that's all i'm gonna say but the point is that they were doing the goat and the guy who was playing martin was who everyone considered to be like the ultimate dude Uh like this is just the guy he's just so good you're gonna love him i met him like one or two i didn't have any classes with him so i met him like one or two times and i was just like oh yeah he seems okay like but people were like no he is gonna be like the next big thing and i was like okay right sure he's the best (laughs) in your department yeah exactly like (laughs) good job okay um p.s I'm just going to say it. Wichita Th- State Theater Department, garbage. Wichita State Musical Theater Department, okay. Uh, Wichita <laughs> State Opera Department, seems great, isn't. Um, okay, so, um, <laughs> seems like one of the best in the country, kind of stupid and bad. Um, okay, but my point is that they were putting it up, and opening night comes around, and, excuse me, his final dress comes around, and... The guy playing Martin, whose name escapes me, and I won't say anyway, I guess, just doesn't show up. <gasps> and they're like, oh, what's going on? And they're calling him, and they're freaking out, and they're like, what's going on? And they're calling his roommate, and they're doing all this stuff. His roommate goes back home. Can't find him. Don't don't know what's going on. They start, like, calling hospitals. They, they start freaking oh, out. They're no. calling everybody. They're like, where is this dude? He's not there. It's opening day they haven't seen him all night they don't know what's going on the 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 day is passing and it's getting closer and closer and the show they have to cancel opening night (sighs) and the next day the next monday whatever he shows up to school (gasps) and he's just like yeah sorry i i couldn't do it like i was just i just i could you know i didn't i wasn't ready or like whatever and left and like dropped out of the school whoa and turns out i guess he had had like a sort of like a bender weekend and just like decided he didn't want to do it anymore oh wow there were people who sort of gave him the weird like you know the heath ledger joker treatment of like the show drove him crazy and i'm like (sighs) i don't think so right (laughs) because this play is not that kind of show where no. you need to take yourself to a place of like legitimately like almost killing yourself because you love a goat what so much kind of thing. You know what I mean? Tried
2: fucking a goat and it freaked him out so much he had to quit.
1: In That's all how the honesty, goat felt. What was <laughs> <laughs> going on back there? We were in Kansas. These uh, things do happen. Sounds
2: um, like a Friday night to me.
1: Uh, yeah, go <laughs> cow, cow tipping and go f- go fucking. C- <laughs> you never go deer spotting. Guys, we should put a trigger deer warning spot. at the top of.
3: You ever go to deer spot and you drive out your truck in the, in the woods and you take a uh, a spotlight and you shine it into a deer's face and it stuns them. Okay, <laughs> it's a real thing. You're
1: spotting. And... This is the best podcast ever. It is. This is really good. I'm really proud. He's I do no he... a
2: play to get through.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't want to get too deep into that, but let's start. Let's start on it because I think. We've been recording like a half hour at this point. I think we can get into it. This is the deal.
2: Yeah. Let's hear it.
1: We've brought it up on the other two episodes that Albie also went back in 2007 and he took a play, his first ever play, and he decided to insert a first act to it. Uh Uh-huh. Not a second act, a first Uh act. He was like, this needs backstory, which... (laughs)
3: <laughs> i would argue
1: the best part of Zoo's story is that you know nothing about these two men right i yeah. think that's the best part so i want to hear y'all's takes i've kind of already given mine but we're gonna cover real quick what was called peter and jerry is now called at home at the zoo but technically we're really covering the first act home life cj break <gasps> it the motherfuck down
2: cj's breakdown book publisher peter is reading at home when his wife Anne walks in needing to talk to him about something their conversation <laughs> my cat their conversation <laughs> ranges from secret double mastectomies to foreskins growing back and finally landing on their sex life which Anne is bored with peter ends up going to central park to read could also be considered as act one of peter's day of uncomfortable
1: conversations yeah yeah Hey CJ, that doesn't look like a cat. Are you sure you're not hiding a goat? Goat? <laughs> oh, CJ. Um, oh, oh no. Yeah.
2: <laughs> She's no, it's my in old love. cat. She knocked over a soda bottle, sorry y'all.
1: <laughs> uh, so I I don't think it needs this first act. And yeah. CJ, you said you had looked through the the like the second act of the, uh, at home at the zoo and realized that there had been some changes, right?
2: Yeah, and it wasn't, it wasn't like, I mean, what I saw, it wasn't like changes ma- majorly so much as just taking some lines out. Gotcha. But it could have been rewritten in some spots.
1: Yeah, none of us, we all decided, because we had already read Zoo Story and covered it, we all re- we all read Home Life, which is the first act, which cannot be produced alone, uh, which is weird that it even has its own title because you can't produce it alone it's like don't right why does exactly it, why does it need that? Mm,
2: i think it's probably a good scene for acting class but sure. like yeah seeing it alone eh. when yeah
3: when i like when i that felt and i read it after the goat was like oh this is this is a lesser thing and a lesser one of his married couples. He's very fixated throughout his life on married, uh, throughout his career on, on married couples. And I think especially-
1: Specifically hetero mar- married
3: Hetero, couples, especially yeah. hetero, and being very judgmental of, of it. Yeah. And I thought it was fine. I think you you hit it on, on the nail on the head, CJ. I think it's an interesting classwork thing. Like I could see a university doing it and maybe being doing something interesting, but you would still need like older people to do it and i was like this just isn't i think just because i was such i've been such a big fan of at the zoo and mm-hmm. and and you're right bailey i agree with you 100 percent. the vagueness of jerry and peter not knowing who they were or are a gives actors tremendous room to play and create and create a backstory and and all that although it's pretty i think there's a lot of good specificity within that script But I just felt like this was just not necessary. And, you know, it's a playwright just messing with his own work, which they are totally allowed to do. I'm like, I'm not mad at it. And it was just like, ah, you could have just done something else.
2: Sure. I will say I looked up, I'm going to say, and I will say. I'm going to (laughs) say. I looked up a couple of reviews on this because I was like, why, why is this here? And then I read because I read Home Life first and then I wrote read the guy wrote the goat. No, I read <laughs> the goat. Um, and a theme that I'm seeing in his stuff in the stuff that we covered, at least is the idea of a person that is content with their life and how things are going. And then they bump up into somebody that isn't. Yeah. And the conversation, because then it's kind of like that in the goat, because the other weird thing about that whole story is Martin goes to a group for people that are doing the same things as him as a way of like, I need help. And then he discovers, nope, I'm not unhappy. There's nothing wrong with me. I've never been happier doing this. And it's kind of this thing of like, because you see this in their marriage, he's perfectly happy and content with it. Well, she's kind of bored. And it's this thing of like contentment dot 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 at what cost type mm-hmm. of thing to make sure wow
3: measure. nice yeah good take interesting take yeah yeah
1: i i can appreciate yeah it is an interesting interesting take i like that because i think I, I can appreciate this play as a whole i actually can i think if i didn't know zoo story the zoo story i would actually appreciate this play as a whole i think in some ways
3: for sure does that make yes. sense yes yeah, yeah, yeah. i absolutely agree
1: and, and and so – but I can't delete the fact that I know that the zoo story once stood alone. And so if we're talking about evolutions, I do wonder if and, – and I'm all for directors going back and re-editing their movies. I'm all for playwrights going back and re-tackling their shit. Like I think Hell that's yeah. – fine i have no problems with that but it does make me like wonder if if our discussion is based around evolution then like what is his evolution if we're just looking at these this play mm-hmm. what is this evolution here is because it doesn't feel better whereas like a director's cut of of blade runner the final cut you know is like it feels like a big deal this doesn't this feels like a step back and i just wonder if if that's
3: That's interesting. I think that he was somebody who uh, was, what's the word, handicapped in his career after such an early stunning success. Sure. Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf was huge. It was a cultural landmark and, and the film was as well. And I think he's a stoic person. I'm willing to bet that he probably suffered from some degree of um, depression. And there's a stoicism that, that increases throughout his work. And then he has these moments where he sort of lines up multiple things. We were talking about the idea of the Shakespeare reference and the idea Uh, that he's infusing the Greeks. He's clearly infusing um, philosophical things that he's thinking about on top of the social observing from, again, his, a gay man's point of view of what America is. And he's very cynical. And sometimes all those things align and you get a goat. You get a three tall women throughout his career. But, uh, and sometimes I think he just misses in finding that.
2: Well, and something that I can't remember if you brought up or not, Scott, but I, I I, finally got to the Albie version of Lolita in the Lolita podcast, and something that that host brought up was in the 80s, Albie was suffering from alcoholism. Oh, yeah. So, and, and they went through, she went through the script and talked to the actress that played Lolita eventually, and... The thing that's interesting about the Lolita is he's very hard on Humbert Humbert. It's very clear that he's a villain, but he's also hard on everybody else in the script, including Dolores. Hmm. So, you know, if he was suffering from alcoholism and I'm sure depression because of that, it's like when he hates people the most. Yeah, Cause he's point. very cynical about people and relationships and you know, how people treat one another.
3: And the American dream. And, and yes, you know, that, that that's an early theme that he explores, and it keeps going. And I mean, we talk about Zeus' story, and you know, it's it's kind of this magical, what is it like, less than an hour, you know, show, and, um, but one of its biggest themes is loneliness and isolation, and I think that he always felt isolated and alone. And when you're in that position, no matter what it is, you're eventually going to start. Feeling anger or resentment towards the other whatever Mm -hmm. the opposite is and you know so yeah
1: guys I there's something I really love to do and (laughs) the guy who I met the other night uh, he made this little stinger that I really love as well and I'd like Uh. to listen to it if you don't mind yeah Bailey loves ranking shit that's right. I love ranking shit and I would like what? to rank these now. Yep. Is this
0: new? Uh, and Zoo Story. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I think we should rank Zoo Story as just the Zoo Story. I think we should delete At Home at the Zoo because Oh, I, I did
2: think... all four of them.
1: Well, is it well, your I added least in a fifth
2: favorite. Well you'll see, I guess. Okay,
1: well oh, then shit. I'll add it into a little you do. I little have to be honest thing. I just assumed that we would all put it last, so I was just gonna eliminate it. But if we won't if that's not the case then that's fine. I did put it last. <laughs> I did too. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. Fine. So let's let's find out. Um, Scott, what's your rank on
3: well, I need to ask our because we had previous this, this season talked about Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? Or we ran that. Let's add it in. Let's add it, add it in. in. Oh, oh
1: goddammit.
2: Does that mess
3: yeah. with you too much, Siege? No, it, no, do- it doesn't. doesn't matter. So we
2: are doing four. We're, I know I where like I'd
3: messing. put it. Well, we're doing like five. Messing. We're kind of okay. doing five. Okay. 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 Fine.
2: Fine. I know where I'd put it.
3: Go. Okay. Let's do it. Me. All right.
1: No, Scott. Go Scott. All right.
3: Okay. At Home at the Zoo would be number <laughs> five. Yeah. And then it gets really hard for me. This is really, really, really difficult. But then I would do three tall women. Yeah. Which I thought was extraordinary. Then I would do uh, at the zoo.
1: Yeah. Then oh no! You mean you mean the zoo story? The zoo
3: story. I'm sorry. My okay. apologies. Okay. Zoo story. And then I would do uh, the goat, or who number is two. Sylvia? Okay. And number one would be who's afraid of Virginia Wolf? Okay. Okay. But Love that's that. all like. Ooh, after that after the at home at the zoo those are all like super tight i love them
1: cj uh, let's compare what's yours
2: mine's mine i had no problem with it five at home at the zoo four three tall women three the zoo story two who's afraid of virginia wolf one the goat or who is sylvia
1: so y'all's are exactly the same except the last two you flipped mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. i like that okay okay all right, Bales. Uh, number five, Home Life, a.k.a. At Home at the Zoo, a.k.a. Peter and Jerry. Number four, Three Tall Women. Uh huh. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Number three, The Goat or Who is <gasps> Sylvia? How dare wow. you! Number two, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? number one the zoo story
2: we all had wow. different number ones that's fun yeah. that is
1: fun and I i I'll be honest the zoo story is one that just lives with me because I of the production I saw of course. and like the scene work I've done with it and I rereading it was such a joy and so quick and so fun and it reminded me of like how exciting this mini series was gonna be um and and then the the others didn't um keep that up for me didn't keep the energy as up for me the goat is so fun right i love I, the goat. i have a pitch
3: because of zoo story i have a pitch um Ooh. so bailey okay. we yeah. do it we do a uh we do a true west and we flip switch roles every night yeah. cj directs and we do it on a street corner somewhere i don't i, I don't care of we zoo do it story? in a park we do it in a park yeah
1: but do it in a way that like People would walk by and just think that two people are having a conversation. Totally, as a happy And happening. at some point, I get killed or you get killed. Yeah, and it's yeah, I we switch
3: it. off each time. You I'm know obsessed. So you each
1: die eventually. <laughs> I'm obsessed. That's uh, all CJ cares about. Yeah, <laughs> you no both die. Okay. Um. Okay. Uh, hey, do you guys? Do y'all have any roles of James? Dream role. Sorry, I meant I'm in a dream. Role. Oh man, do I? Yeah.
2: Yeah. I do. Okay,
1: tell me them. <laughs> tell tell them to me. <laughs> oh, Jerry. Me just,
2: yeah. Uh Jerry. Yeah, Jerry. B. Yeah. And Stevie for
3: sure. B specifically. That's She's, B is the one that, okay.
2: I mean, I the I she She's the harshest one, but she also had the meatiest monologues. like I actually Oof, clipped a couple that, of those monologues out of there and put them in my little book. In there's
3: case that I ever one in Act one. two that I still keep yeah, thinking about. It's it great me. yeah, it's great. Um Bailey, when not you go next?
1: Jerry. <laughs> also Martin. All right. Also, I'd like to direct maybe someday, who's afraid?
0: hmm
2: who's
1: yeah, afraid yeah. Who's oh afraid? well i
2: also have to remember martha from who's afraid if we're talking about that too yeah
1: i mean i guess georgian theory you know later in my life but i right now i don't have any desire to play a role in that i want to touch it in other ways I'd i want to fondle to it that's well
3: i'm a lot fucking older than you and hey. i want to play george yeah <laughs> uh, really bad and especially after this most recent reread and, and going through all of his stuff i really want to do it mm-hmm. um martin i just yeah. that role is really extraordinary it really spoke to me in a lot of ways like if it, we it, were
1: ranking roles i think that's the best role he wrote it's like George? Jerry and Martin. No, I think Jerry oh, Martin. and Martin are like my They're two favorite roles of Albi. Right. If okay, that makes right. sense. Like yeah. because I didn't rank the goat top, I want to prove that I still love it. So I'm giving <laughs> it right. It so no, I do. I really love the, goat. the to be clear, my top those top 4 are phenomenal plays to me.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't I, know. I, I, it's it's a, yeah, it's, it's it's all Sophie's choice cuz I, I I literally vacillated between if we wouldn't have included "Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf," the goat would have been unquestionably number one. Yeah. But I still thought about it even when we decided to include it. So.
2: There's
3: yeah, no question I for
1: me. It. it
2: was clear for me.
1: I still don't know like where Albie's gonna rank in our when we rank all the playwrights. Like I'm just I don't know. And I think, it'll be really yeah we'll we'll see. Can I throw something down for our hundredth episode, which is in like four episodes or something? I don't even know when it is. Can we? Th- can we just do like a bonus app of hundred for hundredth episode, no matter where we are in the season? And can we, yeah. can we rank every playwright we've done so far? <laughs> oh, I can man. attempt that. Damn it! Is that insane? I guess it we kind insane. of already did that. We kind of already did that. Never mind. I don't
3: know. <laughs> <laughs> like our, our 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 super super selection.
1: Hey guys, do it you have any L A. LA, LA spitlets 10. spitlets of the L A. <laughs>
3: L.A. Spotlight. Bitlets of the L.A. uh, L.A. Spotlights.
2: uh, I can think of one if Scott doesn't say it. Um,
3: Well, there's uh, coming up on April 9th, if you're in Los Angeles, come to the reading of There Is Evil in This House, uh, written by Natalie
1: Nicole Dressel, friend of
3: the pod, guest of former guest of the pod.
1: On the Paula Vogel Epps. Go back and listen. Great. On the Paula Vogel
3: Epps. And um, uh, CJ is in it. Mm-hmm. Um and then I'm I'm I guess kind of producing it. I'm producing it. I'm sending all the emails and producing it.
1: Yep.
3: Um then we also coming up at loft, our dear friend Travis Snyder. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, is doing the concrete jungle. Uh, he wanted us to do a shout out. It's an adaptation of uh, Brecht play, it's
2: his adaptation, it's his it's adaptation. A official Brecht adaptation, which cool. is
1: why we're having Travis Gatz himself on for our
3: Brecht episode,
1: our Brecht episodes, our miniseries. Um, so just wait for that because that's going to be awesome. But that's yeah. at the loft,
3: that's at mm-hmm. Loft, uh, Concrete Jungle. Stage. It opens, um on, um, on April 8th, Friday, April 8th. Why so. so many shows to see? Too many shoes to see.
2: Well, and then Celebration is doing something at the Broadwater right now. They are yes. That I want to go see.
3: It is um. Hold Can't on, and I will tell you the name of it because it's it's eluding me, and I'm not I'm not. I know quite, it's a Barbara.
2: i I'm Barbara not quite thing. drunk.
3: It's a. It's Buyer and Seller is what it's yes. called, and it's a Celebration Theater who right. always it's do that, fantastic work.
1: It's that one person show about the the mall in. Barbara Streisand's basement
3: that's right yes
1: it's about the person that works in Barbra Streisand's basement yeah um, it sounds silly uh, but
2: I've heard it's great can't wait
1: um, okay yeah come see Anne at the Playhouse come see Fringe shows we'll be covering those soon and also uh, 3 Guys 1 Groupon we'll be doing more shout outs for yeah. later yeah. show that I wrote that CJ's starring in and Scott is producing because we are incestual <laughs> <laughs>
3: We've just been fused together after two years. And I think we're so – so we have our 100th episode coming up. But we also have very specifically our two-year anniversary That's true. coming up in April, I wow. believe. Wow, We've That's been crazy. doing it for two fucking years. And so we're just fused together at the um, proverbial mouth.
1: I'm obsessed with that. Or butt. Which is – or butt. But. They're the same thing. proverbial butt.
3: The proverbial butt, but, which is – our punk band, and we will be performing Whoa. at Molly Malone's. On... <laughs> yeah, that's a great <laughs> Molly
1: Malone's. Uh, y'all.
3: Proverbial Buds.
1: Proverbial Buds. <laughs> Doodoo heads, all. Thank you for joining us for part three, the end of the pod, or who is Silvacast? And I think we answered that. I know, by the end of this. I think we know who Silva Cast is Indeed. now. Um, it's the goat living in CJ's bathroom. After <laughs> Albie's, uh, after Albie, now, we're headed into the Scott pick. We're going to be covering what movie, Scott? Big Chill. All right, I love I settled it. settled on it. Yeah, it'll be Fantastic It'll
3: be fun and we, it'll give a lot of digressions.
1: Uh, after that, we're we're having Casper Washington on and we are officially covering Lynn Nottage. Yes.
2: yes can't
1: wait crumbs from the podcast of joy (laughs) that one's good it's pretty good good. it's great it's not as good as the pod or who is oh my god yeah crumbs from the podcast of joy uh and uh that's all i got
2: okay do y'all have questions or comments um we'd love to hear from you you can email us you can also find us on instagram twitter or facebook scott
3: Thank you, CJ. A big shout out again to Ryan Thomas Johnson, our composer of our theme song. And our theme song is better than your theme song. It's true. Mm-hmm. It's true. Uh, he also writes all of our stingers. We all have all now officially met in, in physical person. Uh, <laughs> Ryan's also just a fantastic human being, and we thank him for his contribution. Also, a big shout out to Pamela Quinn for writing our Albie-centric song which you which are is about fantastic. to hear. It's fantastic. It really is. It's dead if on. If you
1: listen to the lyrics, the thing I think people don't realize, like I, if you're a real one and you listen to the end and you listen to Pam's song, we got to start putting some at the top actually because maybe the second episode we started off with the, I think we do that. I think for the second episode or third episode, we should start the podcast with her song or at least the opening of it so that people remember because her lyrics are always like fucking on point so thematically on point. Yeah. to what she's we're talking brilliant. about. That's she's, she's genius brilliant. and that's why we love her.
3: Um, and she's a frequent guest and all of that. That's and, right. um, and finally a big shout out to the Pulitzer prize winning playwright, Annie Baker, who writes every single one of our episodes and doesn't even know it. One day, Annie Baker, we will buy you
1: a beer. They we sure fricking will. Uh, or a chat or a boiler maker, whatever you're into. Whatever
3: what she's into. Yeah. Uh, uh,
1: club soda, A club soda, A club
3: soda,
2: <laughs> a subscribe,
1: some rate, sort of review, juice. it really, really, really My God, please, help. y'all. Please. <laughs> welcome, my bienvenue, welcome. CJ and Scott are my best friends. Welcome, bienvenue, welcome cabaret cabaret to cabaret <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> oh later Little English everybody English
2: there on the end yeah.
0: I don't belong here The air is filled with fear get the jokes I've never been too wise, the sun will start to rise I feel like I've been here forever and ever and ever and ever I can't hold my drink We've been lying forever and ever and ever and ever this this must be some kind of hell wake me up wake me up wake me up when it's all over